0: it's our job to tell better stories and always remember it's the risk takers that are rewarded people are sick and tired of being marketed to and they're sick and tired of being sold the single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying differently hey everyone it's your host edward ford and welcome to the growth of podcast the show about all things b2b saas marketing This podcast is brought to you by Advanced B2B, the growth marketing agency that helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who will help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb2b.com for more info. Now joining us today on the show is Camille Ricketts, CMO at Notion, and today we're talking about how Notion built a multi-billion dollar brand by humanizing enterprise marketing, Camille was the first marketing hire at Notion, and in this episode, she explains how B2B enterprise marketing doesn't need to be stiff, boring, and overly formal, but just real, authentic, and human. That has helped Notion build a brand valued at over $2 billion with a team of less than 10 marketers and a total team of about 50 people. We discuss how Notion segments its customer base, how they do enterprise marketing, and the shift they're driving towards the consumerization of the enterprise. Notion's approach to brand building and storytelling, creating their brand voice and the tactics and channels that are working for the Notion marketing team today. Now there's all this and a whole lot more on episode 61 of The Growth of Podcast with Camille Ricketts, CMO at Notion. Welcome to another episode of The Growth of Podcast and it's my pleasure to welcome Camille Ricketts to the show who is CMO at Notion. So Camille, thank you so much for joining us today here on The Growth of Podcast.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. And I love Notion. So obviously, super excited to dig into this. And we're going to be talking about the consumerization of the enterprise. And ultimately, what I think is one of the most important aspects of B2B marketing today. And that's about how to be real, authentic, human in your marketing. And a big part of being human is relating to your audience. But I mean, you have an insanely horizontal product that can be used in so many different ways. So to kick things off, how were you able to relate to your audience by deciding upon three core customer segments?
1: That's a great question. And segmentation is so important. It's probably one of the first things that any marketer who is the first marketer on any startup team should think about um, should be drawn directly from a lot of user research and customer interviews and really understanding the core personas that you can go after. Uh, So that's what we ended up doing, is um, really surveying a lot of our user base, figuring out what types of teams seem to just purely get the product and how it could have a lot of value for them from day one. Uh, We ended up with three plans, three major use cases, and then four major user personas. So when I talk about segmentation, it's not necessarily just, oh, we figured out that our audience could be split into these groups, but also sort of a matrix-based approach of what are the other factors that might shape someone's buying decision. So in our case, we know that engineers, designers, product managers and HR leaders are the core personas that seem to gravitate toward Notion. We know that mostly they use Notion for three different use cases, wiki knowledge base, project management and notes and documents. Uh, And we also know that they fall into sort of three different size categories. So startups, which seem to understand and take to Notion right away uh, and install it as a type of operating system using all its functionality. We have mid-market teams who like to self-serve this type of software. And then we have large enterprises that are also establishing Notion as a tool set uh, that oftentimes have a bit of a longer sales cycle and need some assistance from sales. So those are the things that we were able to suss out from evaluating our audience very closely. And our goal from a marketing perspective has been to pinpoint the most persuasive arguments in each of the boxes of that matrix. So knowing exactly how to appeal to an engineering leader at a mid-market company, uh, who is trying to use it for wiki, for instance.
0: I love it. That's such a great way to think about the different audiences you have and really break down a, a complex problem into something quite simple. And I mean, you have a relatively small marketing team. So how do you balance your time between addressing all these different personas and segments Uh, within that matrix
1: yeah it's incredibly difficult and you have to focus Uh, if you don't focus you're going to split your impact so we talk a lot about how we need to move gradually and maximize learning uh, right now, the marketing team is quite small. We're eight people all together, and the different functions include product marketing, content marketing, design, uh, and development. Uh, community is a huge focus for us and performance. We're also leaning pretty heavily into life cycle and retention marketing starting this quarter. Uh, so honestly, we have to think about, you know who in that audience that I just described in your prior question, Uh, would fit this profile of a best fit user, somebody who the product just clicks with, who is likely to become an evangelist, uh, who is likely to expand uh, the use of Notion on their team or within their company, and trying to use the levers that are going to appeal to those people first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know enterprise is one of your key segments. So let's move on to this in particular. So when we think of B2B enterprise marketing, Everyone thinks of people in suits, lots of jargon, being overly serious. So what is your approach or philosophy when it comes to enterprise marketing?
1: Definitely enterprise is its own beast. uh, And there are requirements and considerations that all companies that are approaching that audience need to uh, have in mind. But I think that we are seeing a shift in the way that these buyers want to be marketed to. Uh, In the past, there's been a lot of reliance on you know, analyst reports and making sure that you have sort of dry one-pagers that could potentially influence a CIO uh, or a head of IT. But these people are people, first and foremost, and just because they are a CIO or a head of IT or an ops executive doesn't mean that they need to be approached with really dry material. I think that they want to be moved by stories. Emotional appeals do have their place when speaking to this audience. Yes, you need to emphasize some metrics and some data around how much time you're gonna save them, how much cost you're gonna save them, how much efficiency you're gonna help them find in their organizations, but you can do it in a more B2C sort of fashion than probably has been possible in prior days. Uh, and I think that these folks are looking for a more consultative approach, less of a sales approach, uh, looking for very knowledgeable product specialists uh, who can help them feel capable with the tool. Uh, and marketing's role there is to really uh, approach them in new ways that does take into account that they are full human beings making decisions.
0: Yeah, that's it's crazy to think that... We think that way as marketers. And you just said people are people, which is what it comes down to at the end of the day. And when did you first think about this shift to consumerization and realize that we as marketers needed to rethink how we market to the enterprise?
1: It's definitely something that I already saw happening when I was around capital and I was advising some of the portfolio companies when it came to marketing and comms and brands. These uh, like Figma, uh, even to some extent, where they're really leaning heavily, or Slack, I mean, that's probably the number one example. Um, and before the processor was Dropbox uh able to build massive consumer interest in a way for a very very long time and continue to this day so brands that were a little bit more approachable a little bit more human a little bit more friendly and consultative ended up being very successful i'd say in the last 5 years and then moving to notion it was just so clear from my early experience landing in the marketer how the community was going to be this massive engine of growth uh And that most of the people who were moving on to team plans, enterprise plans, had in some respect either been influenced by or come out of that community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you spoke earlier about the importance of of brand and storytelling. And you place a ton of emphasis on those two things in particular. So if we break that down, what does that really look like in practice at Notion?
1: I think the brand starts with really solid product marketing. So I'm going to harp on it again because it truly <laughs> is so vital, but understanding your users very intimately, not just like, oh, it's these kind of people, you know people who are looking to do this or um, they're motivated by this like you really have to understand what are the pains that these people are experiencing on a daily basis how deeply are those pains felt how can you message a solution so that they understand what value it's going to have for them specifically Uh, and that's all the job of a a really great product marketer Uh, so you should start there understand how to position your product against Uh, whatever other competitive solutions may be out there. One of my favorite books ever on this is uh, Obviously Awesome by April Dunford, uh, where she provides a framework essentially to do this type of positioning exercise that is going to be valuable, not just for the marketing and sales messaging you develop, but also should help you determine the product direction in a lot of ways. But she essentially says start with the user research, figure out who they think your competitors are. Sometimes your competitor is simply doing nothing, changing nothing, no tool at all. And uh, then figure out what your unique uh, differentiators are over that competitive set understand what unique value those differentiators provide, and then figure out how to talk about those in a really targeted way to all of these segments. Uh, And once you have that, then I think you can get really crafty around, okay, here's the words we're going to use. Hopefully they're words that your users have been using in all these conversations. And then also here are the moments that we are going to talk to people and share this messaging. And the best brands are the ones that do all of that, position all of that uh, in order to do something valuable or helpful for the user. So instead of, you know, choosing messaging or uh, running your life cycle strategy in a way that is constantly trying to upsell to users, figuring out, okay, this person has had these touch points with us, they've done this so far in the product, what is the thing that's actually going to help them on their journey? versus what something that I want them to do at this point in their journey. And you need to find a healthy balance there for a healthy brand.
0: Yeah, that's super good advice. And it's great to hear how often April Dunford and her work and her book comes up in these interviews. And we had her on the show earlier. So I think definitely go check out her interview after listening to this one with Camille. And I mean, you've spoken as well about using the power of being human to win. And a big part of that is the brand voice itself. So I'd love to dig into this because I think at Notion, you've really nailed it. So can you talk us through how you developed and nurtured your brand voice?
1: Very good question. And also something that is admittedly a very much a work in progress. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also I want to note that I stepped into a really beautiful brand from day one. Uh, And it really emanates from the founder, Ivan Zhao, who is probably the most talented designer and one of the most intuitive people I've ever met on the face of the earth. It was really compelling in my decision to join the company. Uh, But he had already come up with, I would say, the pillars of the look and feel and the way in which he wanted to talk about this product. It's defined by a very transparent simplicity. Uh, Notion is not here to try to dazzle you with frills. Uh, we're not here to use salesy language that is going to try to motivate you from a place that isn't connected to the value that the product can actually provide to you. So if you read our website, there's hardly any adjectives. It really is like, here's what the product can do. <laughs> and uh, that is something that we've tried to pull through all of the assets we've created. Um Ivan has this really beautiful saying that I hope I don't botch here because I haven't used it in a while, but good marketing is kind of like a vase for a beautiful bouquet of flowers where you don't really want people to see the vase. Uh, You want them to see the beauty that the product provides. Um, So be, be a clear uh, vessel for the product. Um, yeah, that those are the things that I, I keep in mind when we are devising new ways to use the voice, for instance, like customer stories or webinars. Uh, it's always a good place to start.
0: Yeah, I love it. So no adjectives as well, a good rule. And I think the vase analogy is super nice that good marketing, you don't actually notice it and it doesn't feel like marketing. And I think that's something always important for marketing teams to keep in mind that it it shouldn't feel like marketing. So I think super, super good analogy. And uh, I think a big challenge that all teams face with this though, is actually being consistent in how you use that voice. It plays such a key role in the brand experience. So how do you ensure that consistent brand voice across the team and all your marketing uh, assets?
1: It's a really tough thing to do, especially as you scale. And now at Notion, we're branching into Amiya and Japan, uh, where we're building sales teams that are going to, you know, localizing a lot of the marketing arguments that we're making. Uh, So I would say that early, early on, if you have the opportunity, this is something to nail and to create a lot of documentation around. (laughs) Um, And documentation that isn't just heavy on directives, like we talk like this. Uh, You really wanna go into a lot of detailed examples where you're saying, in this instance, we want to sound like this, but not like this. Or we use these words, but not these words. And ideally have that type of style guide that you can then hand to freelancers, to new people who join your team, to localization agencies that maybe you want to tap into down the road. So heavy on documentation early on. It's something I wish we would have done better because quite frankly, we're now doubling back and creating a lot of it. Um, And I'm really thankful to the content team that I work with here to lead that charge. Um, But that would be number one. And then number two, just weave it into all of the in-person touch points you have with folks who are using this voice on a regular basis. Um, like in your weekly team meetings, etc. talk about the way that you talk about things. Uh, that is a huge thing to just keep front and center as your team grows. And then Notion is very much so grappling with keeping sales and marketing uh, aligned at this point uh, and learning so much from sales because they truly are on the front lines more so than marketing unless we're being really proactive about it. So listening to gong calls, uh, understanding from them why people made decisions and then borrowing all that language, making sure to bake it back into what marketing is saying and doing.
0: Yeah, I think that's a super important point And I'd love to dig into that Uh, a little deeper. So how do you actually get that feedback from sales that you can then bring back into your marketing and your messaging?
1: Our sales team is extraordinary. They do a ton of reporting on all of the different conversations that they're having. There's a whole dedicated Slack channel uh, for reporting on conversations, particularly when something interesting or some piece of feedback emerged that everyone should pay attention to. Uh, They'll talk about why something was won, why something was lost, why a client is concerned, a question that a deal could hinge on. All of that is shared in a channel where marketing can very easily see it and incorporate a lot of those elements. Uh, We also have regular meetings with sales where we go through what happened with different deals to understand what pushed them in one direction or another, who was the competitor that was involved, what were the reasons that the client gave to choose the competitor versus Notion or choose Notion versus the competitor, uh, and then use that to create information uh, and assets that both marketing and sales can use.
0: Yeah, super good advice. Really important. And uh, I'd love to dig a little deeper into the marketing side now and know what are some of the main tactics and channels that you're using to reach your enterprise audience?
1: Uh, Notion is very lucky in the sense that it has a freemium model that has this incredible community engine to it. Uh, So you see people who fall in love with Notion personally, they introduce it to their team, the team loves it, introduces it to more teams, suddenly there's interest from the organization in an enterprise uh, setup. So that is a flow that we are trying to nurture to the best of our ability through email, in product messaging, Uh, retargeting paid marketing, uh, all of that to sort of leverage uh, that user journey. Uh, We also have been testing this last quarter webinars and live streams that are purposefully targeted the enterprise audience. uh, So we can do some prospecting out there on LinkedIn, uh, figure out who's interested in learning more, nurture those folks. I would say that that's the number one linchpin that we've seen be so important. Uh, And then make sure that qualified leads are delivered to sales with full information on what experience they've had with Notion going uh, before that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's great to hear. And you spoke a little earlier that you have just under 10 people in your marketing team working on all those different things. So could you just talk us through your team structure, uh, the roles you have and, and just break down your marketing team for us?
1: Yeah, I think it's actually quite um, (laughs) non-traditional in some ways uh, that give us incredible secret weapons and momentum. Um, So uh, the first person that joined me on the team was Ben Lang, who runs our community. Uh, It was clear that community was going to be the most pressing hire from the very beginning for me. We were seeing all of these people already sharing templates they were building, tips they were uh, interested in, helping other users use Notion across Reddit and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, So somebody who could come in and Figure out who all those people were, make them feel connected to each other and to Notion. uh, Make sure that we were in a more dedicated way, supporting a lot of people who had this level of enthusiasm, uh, and then letting their enthusiasm drive a lot more interest out there in the world. Uh, And I say in the world as an emphasis here, because Notion is so global. We're a team that's based in San Francisco. So our very best method for reaching people around the world is through this incredibly vibrant community of generous ambassadors. So Ben joined me first. He uh, drives our ambassador community. He, uh, you know, makes a lot of our partnerships that on YouTube possible, um, all of that, his his impact has been outsized. So there's community. Uh, then we have two designers who are also developers who can code. Uh, And this was an innovation that Ivan really believed in from the beginning and it's been an incredible source of strength for the team because these two folks, Sam and Corey, can develop marketing assets and projects uh, from the very beginning kernel of an idea all the way through execution. And we don't have to wait in a queue with engineering to get marketing projects built which is enormously helpful i think that that's something that a lot of my friends have struggled with at other companies um we have a product marketer uh who knows the product inside and out he came out of our community and support team uh he has learned incredibly rapidly how to create messaging frameworks that really resonate, how to talk about the product in ways that each of those different segments I enumerated before will really gravitate toward. He creates all of our launch communications around new features. He creates all of the video tutorials explaining the product. Uh, He devises a lot of our email copy, uh, all with this really precise sense of messaging in mind. Uh, We have two content marketers. Uh, one who's focused on a lot of top-of-funnel editorial, the other who's really tightly focused on supporting sales with content, that's Andrea and Nate. They're incredibly talented writers and interviewers. Uh, they write our customer stories and case studies, uh, providing that social proof, giving our social media engine a lot of good material to share out, um, There's uh, also then the last person that I'll mention is Fabian, who joined us quite recently as our performance marketer, our first foray into a lot of quantitative marketing, and he's running a lot of very useful experiments for us uh, on both the prospecting and the retargeting side so we can get those engines firing as well.
0: Well, that's great to hear. And I wanted to ask this question because I think it's a super interesting setup you have, I think particularly around the community aspect, having designers and developers within the marketing team, that that must give you so much speed because I think often marketing teams find that that can be a bit bit of a bottleneck at at times. So this is super interesting to hear. And one final question I'd like to ask before we jump into our final questions. And I actually asked this on LinkedIn a few weeks back and got a ton of different answers, which is not surprising, uh, but I still wanted to ask it. But how do you actually measure success in your marketing team at Notion?
1: That's a great question as well. Uh, it can be very difficult, especially early on because you want to always be balancing your efforts between learning and driving real results. Uh, especially, especially early on, there's a lot that you're going to do that isn't going to pay off in traditional ways because you are learning about your users. You're learning about the channels that you should be using. You're learning a ton about, uh, how to make this argument. Uh, And you're going to have some misses and you're going to have some hits and you need to give yourself that bandwidth in order to invest in the hits and then trim the losses. Uh, But as soon as you stop experimenting, you're kind of... uh, reducing your possible impact. One of my favorite marketing stories comes from Gibson Biddle, who I interviewed at uh first round, and he was an early product marketer, product manager at Netflix, and he was talking about how for the first three years Netflix changed their homepage language almost every week. Uh they didn't just say, oh, this this whole mailing DVDs thing is really catching on let's pause here Uh, they really kept pushing themselves to figure out if there was new language new ideas that could motivate users so that's something that is really important to keep doing to answer your question more directly we definitely look at uh, team workspace creation because we want to make sure that marketing is supporting that self-serve engine we look at new personal free workspace creation because we want to make sure that top of funnel remains incredibly healthy and growing Uh, We look at leads that we're able to generate for sales uh, that actually transition into sales conversations. And uh, oftentimes we have a launch of some sort. So uh, in early August, we launched in Korea. In May, we made our personal package free. And marketing is always working on whether or not something like that got out the door and had the desired impact.
0: Yeah, that's great to hear. And I think this is such an interesting question because the answers are always so different. So great to hear how you and the team look at success at Notion. And I'd say this was amazing. And we're not quite done yet. We could just move on to our closing questions, our Fast Five Challenge. So to wrap things up, Camille, I will ask you five questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Great. Let's do it. So first question, what is the one book you would recommend others to read?
1: Oh, gosh, I already said obviously awesome by (laughs) April Dunford. But truly, I will give you one more, which is um, The Culture Code, uh, which is probably the most important management book I've ever read.
0: Great. Two great recommendations there. Second question, a SaaS company you love and why?
1: I'm in love with Figma. I love everything about them. I love the people who work there. I love the brand identity. I love the amount of utility they've built into the product and the way that they share it with their users.
0: Awesome. Third question, favorite place to read about marketing online?
1: Heaton Shaw's product habits. Uh, and if you don't uh, subscribe already to Heaton Shaw's newsletter, it's incredible. Don't miss it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fourth question, most important growth metric?
1: Oh gosh, NPS.
0: Nice. Same as Bill McKitis. That's what he said. Fifth and final question.
1: Exactly.
0: There's always a good thing always a good thing. Uh, fifth question, best piece of advice for fellow marketers.
1: I think that you have to be a fierce defender of the voice and tone. So I'm so pleased that you asked about that in detail earlier, because that truly is the first thing to dilute as you scale and it's your biggest potential. Uh, asset if you're able to preserve it. I love to think about um, Anna Picard at Slack uh, who really was the keeper of the words from the very beginning over there and I know that she just moved on but she made one of the single-handed most important contributions to that company's success uh, by just being a, a fierce defender of what made that brand so special.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Well, Camille, I have to say this was absolutely amazing. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor. This was really fun.
0: That was Camille Ricketts on how Notion built a multi-billion dollar brand by humanizing enterprise marketing. Now, before I go, I just want to say a big thank you for listening to the show. I want to give a shout out this week to Burz17, who left a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. They said, I have learned so many valuable lessons from this podcast that I have been able to apply to my own work. Must listen and highly recommend. So thank you so much. And if you want to shout out, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and maybe I'll be reading your message out next time. And as ever, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at nordicedward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you for listening to a Growth of Podcast, brought to you by Growth Marketing Agency Advanced B two B. This is your host Edward Ford signing off, and make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B two B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories,
1: and always remember, it's the risk takers that are.
0: It's how our customers are buying different-